when you start talking about the church and the purpose of the church, typically where, where does our mind go? When you think about the purpose of the church, our minds go where? What is it that I should be doing? Right? Spreading the gospel. And that is part of it. Absolutely. And, and, and we'll get there. <laughs> we will get there. But I think this truth sometimes is kind of just blown over, or we don't really focus on this truth, that part of the purpose of the church is God's dwelling. It's so easy to look at, when are we going to get to my gift? What's my gift? What's my gift? Well, right now it's patience as you wait. (laughs) But we are going to get there. Because God has given gifts to each and every one of you. And that is part of the purpose of the church. To build one another up, to edify one another. That is definitely part of the purpose of the church. But what we started talking about last week and then today, but there's another purpose. Before we get to the gifts and what that looks like practically, that God uses the church, us as individuals, as a place where he comes to dwell. Man, we, the more I've been thinking about that, the more I'm thinking about, wow, we don't emphasize that enough. It's just uh, time to go to church, time to go to church, come on, get your stuff, get your stuff. All right, I'm going to sit over here. Ah, oh, somebody got my seat. Well, man, I'll sit over here. All right, whatever, okay. Oh, man, how long are they going to go? Oh, you know, it's like I'm thirsty. I'm What's, oh, they sung this song again? Oh, goodness. Come on, I know some of y'all think that. All right, well, sometimes I think that, all right? <laughs> and it's like, but if we were to back up and actually dwell on this truth that God dwells among people, that should change our whole attitude about even coming Now, again, God dwells with us all the time. Absolutely. He is always with you. The Holy Spirit is in you, right? If you're a believer, God's Spirit is in you, and you are the temple of God. So, again, the dwelling place of God. As an individual, every true believer, God is dwelling in you. We saw that last week, that there's two... There's two types of uh, emphases that Scripture makes. One is that personal know you not that your body is the temple of God, you meeting you as an individual. And so Paul gives them that advice, you know, don't treat your life, don't, don't get involved in this immorality, this way of living that is contrary to, to God, because your very body, your life, he dwells in us, right? So that, that's one dwelling. But before that, he mentions what? And this is where sometimes in English it can be a little confusing because he says, don't you know that you are the temple of God? But there he's talking plural. <laughs> All of us collectively together. That God dwells among us. All of us. 
So you have to ask yourself, why would Scripture make that distinction? He dwells with us individually, but there is a uniqueness to God's dwelling when it involves all of us as individual believers who are coming together, making up the church. Does that make sense? That's so important to realize that. You're not just coming to church. You are the church. Think of it this way. As, as each of us come in, we come in, we come in, we come in, we come in. As each of us come in, God's presence is here. Boom. In a unique way. That's not like that individual dwelling. He's emphasizing God dwelling among us corporately. There's something that happens uniquely with God dwelling with us corporately. And we don't want to miss that. And so we looked last week, going all the way back to the Old Testament, right? Looking at God, what? From the very beginning, dwelling with Adam and Eve, walking with them. Think about the Garden of Eden as God's first dwelling place with man. Perfect, no sin. But then it got banished because of sin. Because Adam didn't do his job. Will and I were talking about that in regards to that. Said, "Listen, listen, all the jokes out there about the woman. What if Eve wouldn't have? Yeah, um, I believe God told Adam to guard and keep the garden." Adam was slacking. He wasn't protecting. He wasn't keeping. And of course, we're all sinners. What dramatically happens at that point? Our fellowship with God was broken. No longer did God walk with us. No. Now we get banished from the garden. And we see, and we saw last week that the way God would dwell among his people, Israel, there were conditions. They couldn't just walk up on God. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. The tabernacle. First, the tent. And they would structure the tabernacle, right? And we read through all of that description of the wood and the stones and, and all of the things that the priests were to wear. All of these details. You say, Man, why all these details? God's holy. And we're not coming in his presence any kind of way. And in the Old Testament, they couldn't even come into his presence, only the high priest. Things radically changed after the fall of man. And now the high priest can come into his presence, offer sacrifice for his own sin, for the sins of the people. And then God would dwell in the tabernacle. a limited experience, isn't it? Because it's exclusive to the priests, to the high priests, the Levites, and all the workers could get a little closer. We're on the outside. We're hoping those guys do their job the right way so that God's presence comes and dwells. 
I like it where it talks about at one point uh, Moses and Aaron coming out of the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, after Aaron offered all the sacrifices. And then God came down and fire consumed everything. Everybody's like, okay, y'all did it right. Okay, good, we're good. God's presence is here. It was limited. You didn't have that access because of sin. But notice, He had a desire to dwell with his people, but it was going to be not at the cost of his holiness. Until the tabernacle, and then from the tabernacle, the temple, God's dwelling place. This is where we go for forgiveness. This is where we go to experience the presence of God. The tabernacle, the temple. And you come right into the New Testament. Now do you see the weight on the language? You are the temple. Let's not miss all that that implies. The tabernacle was where the presence of God dwelt, the literal presence of God. A structure, a building. And now he says, no more buildings. No more high priests. No more sacrifices. Each and every one of you are a living stone. And together you make a spiritual building in which I dwell. Woo! That's like, praise God. And not only as an individual are you the temple, but again, Paul talks about corporately. So then what am I missing when I don't come and be part of God's presence among the people? And notice what I didn't say. I didn't say what am I missing when I don't come to church. This is more than Imagine how our mindset would change if when we didn't feel like gathering, we simply asked ourselves this, ask yourself this question. So why don't I want to experience God's presence in this place? <laughs> Wouldn't that change things? As opposed to why don't I feel like coming to church? When we say why don't why don't I feel like coming to church, we 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 just kind of dumb down what God does here among believers. Why don't I want to be in his presence? Why don't I want to experience God in the way that is uniquely going to happen in the gathering? Yes, God will move in your life in the quietness of your home and your prayer closet. Yes, God's presence will be there. But God's presence uniquely comes when we're all gathered in his name, why would I want to miss that? Brothers and sisters, that's what gets me out of the place. I'm just like, I'm human too. Sometimes you guys think that. We're human too. We hit the snooze thing too. I only only hit it three, one for the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So I kind of, 
I keep it spiritual, but I'm going to hit the snooze. Right? And every time I hit it, it's another three minutes. Three, three, three. Trinity. I try to keep it. This time, I don't feel like getting up today. I'm tired. And, and, and going through this, this study has really helped me to realign my thinking. Stop looking at coming to church like a job, like a chore. Like, oh, something else I got to. No, God's presence is going to be in the gathering in a way that it is not me laying in my bed. That's what we got to start telling ourselves. And guess what I'll have all of a sudden? You're getting up. I got I to go. I got to go. Do you know the, the joy that God's people had in Israel? Right? I was glad when they said unto me, right? Let us go to the house of the Lord. Again, now keep this in mind. The, the presence, the presence for them, it was kind of located in the temple. This is why they got excited. Come with me as we go up to Jerusalem. Let's go to the temple. Let's go to where his presence is. And now today, because of Christ, because of Christ, our high priest, and Christ, our lamb, who laid down his life once for all sin, watch this, that veil that was in the came down. This is a privilege that the Old Testament saints never got to experience. <laughs> the veil is torn. And now God says we can boldly come to his presence. Wow. I will now dwell among you. Those who've been blood-bought who have Christ reigning in you through my Holy Spirit. You are the temple. Why wouldn't we want to gather? <laughs> and you know, part of the struggle in the flesh in gathering is because Satan knows the presence of God will be here like no other place. Satan knows that. It's not just that you're tired. It's not just that you're thinking, man, the grass isn't cut. Go on three weeks, Will. Grass isn't cut. You know? And I'm thinking, man, I got to get the grass cut. And, ah, man. All these things where Satan's trying to say, no, no, no. Just put off being in God's presence. See, we think he's saying, what's the big deal? Watch this. This is how Satan lies to you. What's the big deal if I miss a Sunday? It's not my salvation. You know? My salvation is secure, so I don't come to church on Sunday. Well, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna take a self-care day. I'm just going to, God will want me to do that after all. My body's a temple. Like all these kind of lies that Satan puts in our head. And yes, your salvation is secure if you miss a Sunday. Now the point. The point is the reason Satan is trying to get you not to gather with God's people is because Satan knows God's presence will be there in a way that is unique, unlike during the week. And so we gather in his name, not just because it's church. We're really gathering because, God, I want to experience your presence. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but oh my goodness, we need to experience his presence. 
That's why we gather. So the purpose of the church, yes, it's gifts. Yes, it's finding out those gifts, using those gifts for the edifying and building up of of this body. Yes, we will get there. But before we get there, we have to understand, first and foremost, God is the purpose when we gather. Amen? So, Father, as we continue to look at your word, I pray, God, that this truth would just rest deep, deep in our hearts. Oh, God, you, you have allowed us be in your presence and you come in the midst of our presence because of Jesus Christ. Oh, may we never take that for granted. And so God, work these truths in our hearts and minds in Christ's name. Amen. So as we talked about the dwelling place of God and we looked at it from Genesis all the way through the tent of meeting to the tabernacle to the actual temple that was finally built Solomon's temple, then Herod's temple, right? We're talking about the dwelling place. So what are some truths from the dwelling place, the tabernacle of God? If if we truly understand this truth, here's the implication. Look at the first one. God's holiness is priority. God's holiness is priority. Do you remember all of the descriptions around the temple, all the instruction that was given, and all the fabric that had to be used for the garments of the priest and the wood that had to be used. Remember, what was all that for? God was going to have things done his way. You're not going to approach me any kind of way. The temple was erected in such a way with the Holy of Holies to demonstrate what to the people? I am holy. So what implications did this have on us? Well, as I make my way to this gathering every week where the presence of God dwells, if I understand he's a holy God, Right away, that should start working on my conscience before I even enter this place. Amen? Already there ought to be a somberness. Guys, this this is what God's been convicting me about. It's like, man, and we I've been in church a long time. Been serving a long time. And I'm thinking, do I have this mind? I mean, I just come walking in. Lights on, air conditioners. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Okay, I get that has to be done. Thank you for doing that. That has to be done because I don't do that manual work, right? But when it's all said and done and all the living stones have gathered, we're the temple now and God's presence is among us. What kind of attitude? your mind? Is your mind there? Like, now, you might be sitting there listening and say, I, I, I get what you're saying, Ron, but I don't, I mean, it's not like I feel anything. I ain't got no, no, ooh, you feel that cool wind? I don't feel that. Like, what are you talking about? Listen. How God will manifest himself, put that aside. Let me ask you this. 
we believe, Scripture teaches, you are the temple. God dwells among us in the corporate setting. Should something happen? Let's not argue over what it looks like, what it feels like. I'm just asking. If Yahweh, creator, manifests himself among the gathering, which he says he does, should something be different? (laughs) I think so. I think so. Now, you have to get before God and say, well, God, then why, why, why am I not experiencing that difference? Whether it's a, a, a conviction, whether it's tears, whether it's laughing, whether it's whatever. Why am I just kind of like, hmm. why am I like that? I don't know. I can't, I don't know what's going on in your heart. But what I do know, if God is among us, that should not be the response. Something is wrong. Something's wrong. And I think part of it sometimes is because we come in here and our minds are so distracted. So you miss it. You miss it. Do you know when, here's what God's teaching me, Ron, you got to start preparing for worship among the corporate gathering before you step into this place. And this is what God's been showing me. Wow. This makes a difference, Lord. It makes a difference. When I tell myself I'm going to be in the presence of God, not I'm going to church. It changes everything. There's no way we can sit in the presence of God and not be moved. Let me tell you why I know that's a fact. Not because I think it. Scripture says what? Christ dwells in you. Christ says, my spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Watch this. Here's where the importance of the Trinity comes into play. You ready? Watch this. So God the Father is among us. His spirit is in us. And there's no reaction. (laughs) Something's wrong. His Holy Spirit is in you. Right? Third person of the Trinity. His Holy Spirit is in you because of the second person of the Trinity. Christ died for you, right? So so the only reason you at this party is because Christ died for you. So Christ got you entrance. The Father shows up. His Spirit's on the inside of you, and you're like, something's wrong. (laughs) I'm sorry. How can that be? I think we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And you got a guy sitting next to him. It's just so, like, man, he's just, something happened over there with him. I said, Lord, what's up? What's going on with me, Lord? Are you grieving the Holy Spirit? Did you come in with the wrong mindset to begin with? Well, it's Sunday, so I'm here. Got to do my time as a Christian. I'm here. Let's go. Guys, the more I look at this, What am I missing? How can I come into your presence and not be moved? So God's holiness 
is a priority. What else? We look at the dwelling place of God throughout Scripture and we see God desires to dwell among his people. This is, this is God's desire. This is God's initiative. Think, think about it. This is God saying, I want to dwell among you in a unique way. As I gather all my blood-bought sheep together, I want to be among you in a special way. Wow! Why wouldn't I desire that? Why wouldn't I can't wait to get there? Like, don't start the party without me. <laughs> right? He desires to dwell among us. And that's why, you know, practically it's like, you know, we can't just come in and just, now this, now this, now this, now this. Now. Like, slow down. So I praise God. He's like, it, we start with prayer. And it's been just a sweet time. I, I just praise God for the freedom of that. I mean, you know, I left a church where I would have been booted out. I know you do understand, you know, that prayer service went really long. You're about 15 minutes over, brother. And now, you know, we got to go back and do the editing. See, the guys up in the film room, like when, we, when you go over like that, they have to edit. Oh, I'm so glad. It's like we just choke the spirit. Like the spirit of God starts moving. And it's like, okay, yeah, okay, no, I'll get him. I'll get him. No, I'll get him. Excuse me, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we need you to stop now because it's five minutes. Oh, my goodness. That's what we do because we're doing church and there's a way to do it. And yes, God's a God of order. I'm, I understand that. God is not the author of confusion. I get that. But we throw all those things up sometimes, I think, as reasons that we quench the spirit or quench the spirit or don't leave room for God's presence. Because we don't even have the mindset that this is about him, him first. You second, him first. This is about his glory. What was the temple about? The glory of God. Yes, they got their sins forgiven. Yes, the high priest did the sacrifices. But primarily, it was what? All nations knew Yahweh is God. His glory. His glory is in that temple. Is that our mindset when we come together? Or we come in and we say, well, I hope I can get something out of it today. Wow. How many times have I heard that? How many times have I heard people come in my office and say, hey, Pastor Ron, could you pray for me, man? I'm, we're trying to, my family, we're trying to find a church. Oh, okay. Well, where'd you go last Sunday? They tell me where they went. So I know the pastor there. He preaches the word of God. It, it was good. Ah, we didn't get much out of it. What? What's wrong? <laughs> Man of God, filled with the Spirit of God, preaching the Word of God, and you didn't get much out of it. Hmm. That's called consumer-driven seeking. Whether it was the atmosphere, the church, the song, something. But the priority was not God's glory. Guys, if we could just, can you imagine if we here, we can't talk about other people, us, this body, every week had the mindset, I can't wait to feel, be in, experience, whatever that looks like, God's presence. I'm coming, God, 
and I'm coming to offer my life in this moment, a living sacrifice to you, to praise you, to worship you, because God, you know what? I'm just pumped because I know you're here. I don't care if I don't walk out with what I came for. I, 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 get, I get weary when people say, and I hear those pastors preaching that way, and again, they're brothers in the Lord, some of them, some of them are probably wolves and sheep clothes. But when I hear this type of label, come expecting your miracle. Um, okay, see, here's my problem with that. <laughs> if what you mean is come expecting to be able to walk in the presence of a holy God and not be struck dead because of the blood of Christ, that's a miracle. Yes, come in and expect that. If that's what you mean. Well, something tells me that's not what they mean. We got to shift this priority to understand, no, this is about God. It's about him. Do you know that, you say, well, you know, some of you might be thinking, well, is it wrong if we come expecting healing? Is, is it wrong if we come expecting deliverance? No, no. Don't let that be the priority. The priority is his glory. Come give him the glory. What? Do his name. Change your expectations. And watch this. Maybe the anxiety and depression might just lift. Because <laughs> I'm going to praise him anyhow. This is the glory that's due him. How can we, this is what I've been wrestling with. How can we be in the presence of God and walk out of here unchanged? That, that just doesn't add up for me. Now I'm talking to myself. So I'm like, so, so, so what's wrong here? Your presence is here, God. You dwell among your people. There ought to be some type of change when we leave that place. And I'm convinced that it starts with a mindset that's not focused on that. It's focused on all these other things. And that's what Satan wants you to do. See, if Satan knows you're going to get out of bed and you're going to just resist him at that first battle and you're going to show up to church, do you think he's like, oh, man, he went to church. All right, I'll, I'll get with you next week. Nope. Satan's going to pull a chair up right next to you in church. And say, isn't it hot in here? Didn't you tell them it was hot in here last week and they didn't do nothing? Why are those lights on? What? Satan's going to continually try to get your focus off of, you're in the presence of Almighty God. That's how he works. And I think when, when we buy into it, all of a sudden we're thinking about all the things that aren't happening, all the things that aren't going our way. And now all of a sudden, he's like, oh, yeah, and then remember tomorrow, you got that meeting at 5 o'clock, and you told them that you get off at 4, but they made it 5 anyway. That meeting I made was really easy. Yeah, that's what I told them. Man, Satan got you. Meanwhile, guess what? Is God's presence still here? Yes, but, but you're not even involved. <laughs> he's got you got a little sidebar conversation going on. And, and, and that's why you look over and see this guy over here, he's overwhelmed with the presence of God, and you're like, man, he's a little too emotional. This is how Satan works. 
Guys, he's going to keep trying to get you not to focus on the glory of God. Because he knows God's presence is among his people. And remember, Satan hates God. He hates God. He's defeated. He already knows. He has a little season of time before God's like, okay, I'm done. Bam, you're done. <laughs> so the next best thing he can do is get God's people not to experience the presence of God. Because when we, when we totally yield to the presence of God who's dwelling among us, you think things aren't going to happen? You think your life is not going to become more like Christ? You think he's not going to start producing more of the fruit of the Spirit in you? He's going to do that. And Satan knows it. He can't take your salvation, but by goodness, he's going to make you don't focus on your salvation. Don't focus on what God is doing. And part of the ways he does that is stay away from the dwelling place of God. Church. Oh, Satan, boy, he's crafty. This is why I believe with all my heart you can't sit home and do church watching a video. It doesn't work that way. We are each an individual living stone that make up the dwelling temple of God. So God's holiness is a priority in this. God's desire to dwell among his people. God takes sin seriously. Again, we're talking about what are some truths that we can look back and say, in light of the dwelling, in light of the tabernacle, in light of the Old Testament history, God takes sin seriously. That's why the sacrifices had to be given. That's why the sinners, the Israel, their own people, could not come walking up into that holy of holies. No, 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 only the high priest. God takes that sin seriously. Now, praise God, you and I do not have to be fearful of coming into his presence because of our sins. Amen? That's one of the vital differences between us being the temple and you and I having to go to a literal temple where his presence dwelt and only the high priest could be in the inner chamber. No, you and I can now come right into his presence. But, but, if we understand God takes sin seriously, and yes, Christ died for all sin, but if I know I'm coming into the presence of God, should that cause me, as a true believer, to examine my Yes, my sin is paid for. <laughs> but as I'm making my way to the gathering of the saints, and I'm going to experience God's unique presence, and God is holy, I'm rejoicing in the fact that I have the righteousness of Christ, but I'm also examining myself. Perhaps this is why we don't And I've been learning, like, okay, Lord, teach me to have this mindset. Ron, you are not traveling to Allentown. You are traveling to be in my presence. It changes your mindset. Like when a dude cuts you off on 78. Bless you. 
I'm coming in your, I know I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming in your presence. That's why I let him go. I'm good. It just changes your mindset. It's amazing. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts bringing stuff to your mind. Hey, you know, this week, this here, you need to get that right. Oh, that was the wrong attitude. That's the wrong attitude. Before I even get here. Why? Because my whole mind is focused on, I'm coming into your presence. Oh, my goodness. What if all of us, all of us had this mindset? Look, it's going to be hard. You think I don't have distractions in my mind? You think that even when I'm thinking biblically that Satan's not there throwing stuff? What about this? What about this? What Texts are going off. You know, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, Sarah, you read my text. And then it's from a mother or, or, or an irate parent. I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? And it's like, just like that, Satan got me off. Just like that. And the Holy Spirit's like, focus on where you're going. You're going in the presence of God. Get that out of your mind right now. You got to deal with that, but not now. God provided the means in which man could interact with him. As you look at the Old Testament. And it was through what? The sacrificial system. But Jesus Christ now has laid down his life. Our high priest and our sacrifice. And we get to come into his presence. Where God's presence would fill that inner sanctum when the sacrifices were done and his presence would come down. We get that every week. <laughs> we get that every week. In a unique way. Yes, we have it Monday through Saturday. Individually, God in you. Christ in you. Yes. But God says, but when I get all y'all together, Wow. Wow. God's been convicting me because, again, I go back to this. God, if you're there in this divine way, and I'm only here, and I have access to you because of your son, and the spirit of God is in me, and you're here, that means all three people of the Trinity are here. And you don't feel nothing? Check your spiritual pause. How can that be? That's what I'm asking myself. You know what God's been showing me? Well, because you come in and you're worshiping me, but it's like, I worship you, Lord. Oh, I just can't believe that in your spirit. Ah, man, why did you say to me that? I thought you told the principal that I was going to, oh, next song, okay. Oh, that's good, okay. He said, you're in and out of my presence. It's hard. I get it. <laughs> we all got stuff going on. I get it. What I'm saying is we have to be able to lay that stuff aside and say, Lord, help me to solely focus on you. God, you're here. I don't want to miss just being in your presence. It's changed my whole perspective. Helps me get out of the bed a lot earlier. It's almost like I can't wait to get to the house. Yeah, I can't wait to see y'all, but y'all say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> the more you read scripture and see what God says about his presence, 
among these people. I'm like, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I want to challenge us to really ask God, Father, help, like, burn it in our hearts that every time we gather, every time the body gathers, help me to realize it is about your kingdom. It's not about what I'm going to get out of it. It's not about my encouragement. That's a good thing. That'll be a byproduct of it. It's not about getting deliverance. That may be a byproduct of it. But God instilled in my heart, I'm going to experience you in your presence among the fellow believers in a way that is totally unique, different than my individual quiet time and prayer time with you during the week. That's what I want. And if you don't have a distinction, if you can't, in your mind, say, no, no, it's, I, look, I have sweet times with God alone in my closet at home. And I'm literally in a closet. I got an office for a closet. It's great. It's small. Don't have to clean it much. But there's sweet times of fellowship in there. Sweet times of just, oh, Lord. But when I come with God's people, that's a different flavor of fellowship. There ought to be something a little different. Why? Because God said, I'm dwelling among you collectively in a special way. We ought to be able to start to distinguish, oh, I know exactly what that is. I know what that is. Because I experience that when I'm here versus when I'm not. And guys, you know what? Then when we get to the message that deals with the gifts and the edifying of one another, if you understand it in the context of God's presence, it's so sweet. <laughs> it's so sweet. Because it's like this. And then I, we got to wrap It's like this. You're in God's presence. You're consumed with that and everything we just said. And then in the midst of that, God says, Kelly, I want you to serve this way. Matthew, I want you to do this. Well, if you're consumed with his presence, you're like, hey, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> do you see how they work together? But people tend to do what? They just look at serving, working. Should I do that? Should I not do that? Put that on hold. You understand God's presence. You understand his all the gifts that we'll get to and serving one another, building one another up, all of that is in the context of what? The church. Which is where what is? His presence. Father, I pray for all of us that these truths would go deep down into our hearts. This is so much more than just coming to church. This is so much more than just hearing a message preached, singing songs, going through the motions. First and foremost, coming together is where you dwell. 
you dwell among your believers. And I pray that that truth would change every one of our mindsets. That as you allow each week to come by where we have an opportunity to gather, oh, that we would be overwhelmed with this awesome truth. God, we can come, we're going to gather, and you're going to meet us in a unique way. Oh, would it cause us to run to this place? Would it cause us, God, to just just have such a a heart already filled with joy to know that we're going to commune with our Father, our Abba Father? You're going to be here. You're here in our presence even now. This is the way you've designed our church. God, I pray for your grace in our lives. We thank you. Oh, God, thank you that you dwell among us, that we even have that privilege because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, we thank you for our salvation that has ushered us into your very presence. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that has sealed us until the day of redemption, has pushed us right into your presence, and we stand holy, holy because of Jesus Christ. Oh, may we not take this for granted. May we not just just be nonchalant about this truth. God, may we come hearts filled with joy, ready to worship you, ready to sing your praises, expecting, expecting to really feel your presence and to be affected by your presence. Oh God, this is our prayer. I pray this for hope for each and every one of us. We are your dwelling place. Oh, may we embrace that truth. Father, we thank you in Christ's name.